98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. Macau launches a three-day drive to test all 600,000 residents to quell any COVID-19 outbreak. A medical expert here says Hong Kong is on course for a return to normality, but warns the hard work could easily be undone. And the justice chief says people have nothing to worry about Beijing's move to extend an anti-sanctions law to Hong Kong. Macau has begun testing all of its 600,000 residents for COVID-19. The authorities have also ordered facilities, including cinemas, gyms, bars and nightclubs, to close from midnight tonight. Here's Timmy Sung. Authorities ordered tests after a family of four were confirmed to have the more infectious Delta variant of the coronavirus. Officials say the risk of an outbreak is extremely high and have ordered a state of immediate prevention under the civil protection law. People who fail to comply will see their health code turn yellow, meaning they cannot enter certain premises such as restaurants or use public transport. Macau legislator Lam Uk Fong told an RTHK program that people there were nervous after more than a year without a local case. She said there was panic buying last night. Infectious disease expert Lan Chi Chiu says there is a chance that the virus has already spread in Macau since the infected family members had lost of activities and there was a delay in diagnosis. He said one-off testing may not be enough and repeated screenings and a larger-scale lockdown may be needed. He also said Hong Kong might need to ask people returning from Macau to quarantine at hotels instead of at home if the situation worsens. Long lines have been seen at testing centres this morning with some residents complaining about the queuing arrangements. A University of Hong Kong epidemiologist, Benjamin Cowling, said that new cases in Macau show how fragile a travel bubble can be. For the Macau case, it does illustrate the fragility of a bubble with the mainland. I know that's what we're going for. If we can maintain zero COVID for a period of time, if we can get the vaccine coverage up to a higher level, then we have the opportunity to establish a bubble with the mainland with free travel in both directions. But it will be a fragile bubble that just one outbreak on on either side can burst the bubble. Professor Cowling says that on the current trajectory, the SAR can hopefully reach a 70% vaccination rate in the next few months. After that, it can start looking at a return to normal life. But he also expressed concern over a possible fifth wave, depending on the outcome of a preliminary positive case that health officials mentioned yesterday. Sources say the 43-year-old man from Shamshopo had not travelled recently. If confirmed, his case would be the first local case in 57 days. The Justice Minister, Theresa Cheng, has played down concerns about Beijing's plan to extend its anti-sanctions law to Hong Kong. The law allows for countermeasures if foreign governments impose sanctions on Chinese nationals or entities. The nation's top legislature will discuss extending the law to the SAR later this month. Speaking to several newspapers, Ms Cheng said that as long as no country violated international law by imposing sanctions, nothing would happen. The lawmaker representing the finance sector, Ronick Chan, doesn't foresee much impact on local banks. I would say banks in Hong Kong are generally familiar of facing complicated and tough situations in the past. We don't need to worry about the enactment of this particular law that will affect our stability as well as how we should deal with it. So I have confidence that there won't be any substantial negative impact on our operating environment. 
The Belarusian sprinter who refused her team's orders to fly home from the Olympic Games has boarded a flight to Vienna. Krasina Timanovskaya is expected to fly on to Poland after being granted a humanitarian visa by Warsaw. The BBC's Marika Oy in Tokyo is following developments. It may be that they were trying to take attention away from her actual flight because if you remember in late May, a plane carrying an opposition journalist and his girlfriend was forced to land in Belarus. Also, Vienna was her preferred destination and a humanitarian visa from there has just come through as well. So she is now on her way to Austria while her husband has also fled Belarus and he's in Ukraine, uh, though she has expressed concerns for her other family members are back home. On Sunday, Ms. Timonovskaya had been taken to the airport against her will by Belarusian officials because she'd criticized her coaches on social media. President Biden has urged Republican governors in Florida and Texas to get out of the way, as he put it, if they do not follow public health guidelines on the coronavirus pandemic. The Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, and Greg Abbott of Texas have both opposed strict restrictions on people in their states. Mr. Biden said he found the approach disappointing. Seven states not only ban mask mandates, but also ban them in their school districts, even for young children who cannot get vaccinated. Some states have even banned businesses and universities from requiring workers and students to be masked or vaccinated. And the most extreme of those measures is like the one in Texas that says state universities or community colleges could be fined if it allows a teacher to ask her unvaccinated students to wear a mask. The British maritime intelligence agency Lloyd's List says an oil tanker has been hijacked in the Gulf of Oman and has been instructed to sail to Iran. It's the second attack on a merchant vessel off the coast of Oman in less than a week. Here's the BBC's Frank Gardner. Maritime intelligence agencies have confirmed that the MV Asphalt Princess, a medium-sized bitumen carrier, was boarded by around eight armed men and ordered to sail to Iran. The incident took place close to the crowded entrance to the Strait of Hormuz, one of the world's busiest waterways. An Iranian government spokesman has denied any attacks on commercial shipping and has suggested the reports could be an excuse to attack Iran. Britain, the US and Israel have all blamed Iran for last week's fatal drone attack on a tanker that killed a British security guard and a Romanian sailor. They've promised a coordinated response, while Iran has denied responsibility. Lebanon is holding a day of national mourning to mark the first anniversary of a massive explosion that tore through the capital, Beirut, killing more than 200 people and injuring more than 6,000. The blast at a port warehouse where ammonium nitrate was improperly stored has been described as one of the biggest non-nuclear explosions in history. The BBC's Corinne Torvey reports. One year after the blast, its victims are still waiting to learn what exactly happened and who's responsible. An official local investigation has yet to issue a report, and the judge in charge is facing a lot of resistance for wanting to interrogate high-ranking politicians and security officers. But the relatives of those who died in the blast seem determined more than ever to pursue their fight for justice and for an end to impunity in Lebanon. Chile is experiencing its hottest winter in history and the second driest since records began. The Meteorological Office has warned the country's facing a climate emergency, as the BBC's Kat Wiener explains. 
It's midwinter in the southern hemisphere, but in July, normally the region's coldest month, temperatures in the Chilean capital, Santiago, reached a record 27 degrees Celsius, and climate experts warn they could rise to over 30 degrees in coming weeks. Overall this winter, Chile has experienced temperatures more than four degrees higher than previous years. The heat wave, coupled with a reduction in normal rainfall of nearly 90%, is causing near-drought conditions in part of the country. The U.S. toy-making giant Mattel has made a Barbie doll in the image of the scientist who co-created the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine. It's one of six models designed by the company in honour of women working in science and technology around the world. The BBC's Lebo de Secco has the story. Professor Dame Sarah Gilbert said she initially found the creation of a Barbie in her image very strange. But she now hopes it will, in her words, show children careers that they may not have been aware of, such as being a vaccinologist. Among the others being honoured with their own dolls are a Brazilian biomedical researcher and an Australian medic who helped create a reusable gown for frontline staff. The toy maker Mattel has worked to shake criticism of its Barbie doll that it presented an unrealistic image of womanhood to children. The governor of the U.S. state of Missouri has pardoned a couple who gained nationwide notoriety after they were filmed brandishing guns at Black Lives Matter protesters last June. Mark and Patricia McCloskey, both in their 60s, were fined after pleading guilty to misdemeanor charges. They said they felt threatened by protesters who were passing their home. The protesters said they behaved peacefully. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,599, 405 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $96 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.02 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 18 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 82 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Todd Harding. We start at the Olympic Games in Tokyo, where Hong Kong's women's table tennis team will face Germany in the bronze medal match. The SAR team were beaten 3-0 by Japan in their semi-final yesterday, while the Germans lost to China this morning by the same score. Tomorrow's bronze medal playoff starts at 10 o'clock Hong Kong time. In action at the moment is Tiffany Chan, who's currently six over par after round one of the women's singles golf tournament. She's 11 shots behind leader Magdalena Sagstrom of Sweden. Hong Kong's track cycling team get their campaign underway today at the Izu Velodrome, with Sarah Lee and Jessica Lee both scheduled to race in the women's Kirin. Sarah Lee won bronze in the Kirin at the 2012 Games in London. She suffered a crash and finished seventh in Rio in 2016 and is now back for her third Olympics. Speaking to RTHK prior to the start of the Games, Lee said the presence of her teammates has made training more enjoyable this time around. This year I feel more painful because uh, before the two Olympics I didn't have so many riders to uh, train with me. That now I have uh, a sprinter team, then I feel uh, really enjoyable when I'm uh, training in, in a high intensity environment. And so I feel uh, really pleased that I can uh, still train with them. One of the highlights of day 12 will be a fascinating matchup on the athletics track as we hear from the BBC's Sarah Mulcairins. This evening we're going to look at the men's 200 metres final because there are so many different intriguing talking points and we're not quite sure who may potentially win that. We're of course looking for a new sprint sensation, aren't we, post Usain Bolt. Noel Isles from the USA, he was billed and tipped as one of those. He's a world uh, champion from 2019. However, sort of messed up in a semi-final. He slowed down a 
little bit too much at the end and he finished third in his so he's going to go in one of the inside lanes not quite the good lane that you would want to get Aragon Knighton is a 17 year old from the USA he's a phenomenal talent he's the youngest um, ever man to appear at the Olympics in this event he's broke a lot of Usain Bolt's junior records he's very tall rangy and he looked like he had so much in the tank and Canada's Andre de Grasse many people wondering whether he was fully fresh coming into these games hasn't quite had the speed that we would usually see until the semi-finals last night where he was able to pull away from the field in the last 20 or 30 meters so it's going to be quite a matchup between those three there's already been some great action on the athletics track today where Sydney McLaughlin of the United States smashed her own world record as she stormed to victory in the Olympic women's 400 metres hurdles final. McLaughlin powered home in 51.46 seconds with world champion and 2016 Olympic gold medalist Delilah Mohammed claiming silver in 51.58. Femke Boll of the Netherlands took bronze in 52.03. Halfway through day 12 of the Tokyo Games, China lead the medals table with 32 golds. The United States are second with 25 and host nation Japan are in third place with 19. Australia are currently in fourth with 14. Hong Kong are joint 36th in the medals table with one gold and two silvers so far. Away from the Olympics, the Test Cricket Series between England and India starts today. England won the last Test Series back on home soil back in 2018, but were soundly beaten when they toured India earlier this year. They'll be hoping to bounce back from that, while India, who've been in England since the final of the World Test Championship in June, are hoping to be in a good position to start well at Trent Bridge after getting used to the English conditions. Here's the Indian captain Virat Kohli. Yeah, we're definitely much better prepared than we have been in the past. Uh, this, the situation, as you rightly said, allowed us to, to acclimatize and and get used to the weather firstly, um, because it, it can change quite drastically and quite quickly. And um, at the same time, playing under different changes in conditions uh, in terms of weather, whether it's overcast or it's sunny, how the pitches behave, how the ball travels, how much it swings in the air. All those kind of things are, are definitely going to add to our experience, which already the team possesses a lot of, um, having played in England in the past. And that's our look at sports. The observatory has issued the standby signal number one. Today will be mainly cloudy with occasional showers and squalls. The maximum temperature will be around 29 degrees. The outlook, occasional heavy showers and squalls tomorrow and more rain in the next couple of days. The temperature is 31 degrees and the humidity is at 69%. To end the news, the top stories once again. Macau launches a three-day drive, three drive to test all 600,000 residents to quell any COVID-19 outbreak. A medical expert here says Hong Kong is on course for a return to normality, but warns the hard work could easily be undone. And the, chief, and the justice chief says people have nothing to worry about from Beijing's move to extend an anti-sanctions law to Hong Kong. The news from RTHK. Thanks, Vicky. Good afternoon. This is James Ross. Got this in pocket. Got battle. I am gonna use it. Intention.
Oh, just got to love the pretenders, haven't you? Oh, yes. Good afternoon. Noreen is out for the afternoon, and I'm afraid you're blessed with me. But that may, may, may not be how you see it. You're stuck with me. We've got a pile of music between now and three o'clock. Some of the big ones from the past and some of the current chart hits as well. It's all coming up on the one, two, three show through until three o'clock. <laughs> 